For Mark's Group Broadcasting, this is Breaking News. This is Emily Boyles. There is some information that may be disturbing to some listeners. So if you are one of those people or if you have little ones in your home, you may want to ask them to step out and play for a little bit. The first of two responsible for the death of Sherry Arnold was sentenced in district court in Sydney Monday morning. Lester Van Waters, age 50, was sentenced as agreed to in a 2013 plea agreement by District Judge Richard Simonton. January 7, 
In addition to the prison time, Judge Simonton set standard conditions of parole if Waters is ever paroled and ordered $21,448 to be paid in restitution to Gary Arnold in addition to standard fees and surcharges. Waters pled guilty August 13 of 2013 to one count of accountability to deliberate homicide. At that time, the state reduced charges from aggravated homicide and kidnapping and persistent felon in exchange for Waters to testify against Michael Spell. Spell later pled guilty in connection with charges in the case in October of this year, so Waters never actually had to stand and testify against Spell. Both investigators for the state and the defense testify that cocaine addiction led Waters to the place he was today. He has seven felonies, 14 misdemeanors, 13 traffic violations on his record, all in the state of Florida. He was never offered any kind of treatment according to court documents. He's never successfully completed any felony probation. He did complete one misdemeanor probation and he has seven children by five women, all of whom living in the state of Florida. For two uneducated nomadic men unlikely to grasp the tale, the stories told by both Waters and Spell were hauntingly similar to John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men. Like the characters in the book, both men of limited education or social or economic means and did as the mood struck them. Like George in the book, Waters said when he pled that he understood he was legally accountable for the actions of Spell. All law enforcement who testified said he had believable remorse. In the book, George tried to protect Lenny from the consequences of his own actions. Waters, on the other hand, made Spell's a- actions possible by providing heavy doses of illegal drugs for the both of them and encouraging Spell to take a woman to victimize and even said because of the drugs, he believed that that woman would go willingly. Sherry Arnold did not go willingly. Sherry Arnold lost her life January 7, 2012 at the hands of Spell and Waters and continues to be missed by her family and community. At the request of Richland County Attorney Mike Weber, former Montana parole and probation officer Wally Peters read portions of a letter written by Sherry Arnold's husband, Gary Arnold. When the day Sherry disappeared, I was fighting for her. I did not know what happened to her. And every manner of horrible event crossed and recrossed my mind. As time went on without finding her, my anxiety and my apprehension grew. I spent many nights without sleep, even though I was prescribed a sleeping pill by a local physician. I was anxious and concerned for Sherry. I began to lose weight, eventually losing almost 25 pounds. Later, I learned that Sherry had indeed been murdered, but because her body was not located, I held out a tiny hope that maybe. Just maybe she had somehow survived. In fact, on one occasion, sometime after the two men had been arrested, and after I had been told she was murdered, I took an FBI officer to a location that seemed to fit the description of the place where the two men had said they buried her. Frankly, I walked up and down and around the tree belt looking for any sign of burial, but not finding any. Finally, the cold filled me back into the vehicle. And I somewhat pleadingly asked the FBI officer if he was sure, if he was absolutely certain she was dead. He said that he was certain but could not share the details. It was at this point that it began to seep in that she was truly dead. At last, Waters led investigators to the scene of the burial. And Mr. Craig Overview of the FBI came to my school and informed me that Waters had led authorities to the location. He said that they would have to wait until a team of investigators still at gathering evidence could arrive at the scene and begin the process of removing her body. 
Late that same night, I received a call from the Chief of Sydney Police, Frank Alonzo, asking me on which leg my wife had had cancer surgery. I responded that it was her left leg, and he told me that he was fairly certain that the authorities had examined Scherz. Scherz's funeral was a massive event, attended by all those whose lives she had touched. After the funeral, I tried to adjust to the new normal, something which continues to this day. A few months after Scherz's death, Jason and Holly, her children, went to live with their grandparents. I was not their biological parent, nor had I adopted them as their biological father was still alive. I was alone in the house just a few months before administered with activity raising children, inquiring about homework, supervising the social connection of our kids, attending their school events, the normal activities of married life with children in the house. Though I would see the kids at school events, and though they would sometimes stop by, it was not the same because they were no longer living with me. We were no longer family. The loss of my companion, my life partner, is ever present. We did everything together, going to games, watching movies, walking together nearly every single day. We enjoyed one another's company, preferring to spend nearly all of our time together. We had what we called our rut. Sure used to remark, I love our rut. Often, when we've been out of town for a few days, Sharon and I would remark, I can't wait to get back to our rut. These are ordinary events, but they were our ordinary events, events for every day. With respect to things now, I think of Sherry every day. I sometimes ache for Sherry. Often I visualize what her last terrifying moments were like. I think of how she was ambushed, of how frightened she would have been, of how confused she would have been. Imagine what her last thoughts would have been if she realized that she was going to die. Imagine her with her face pressed into the water and mud. She would have thought, I'm going to die. What's going to happen to Jason and Holly? Oh God, please look after them. My mind turns to this scene again and again and again. In terms of the impact that remains, I continue to have periods of great sadness and occasional depression. Moreover, I have lost my future with my beloved wife. Because Sherry and I were close to retirement age, we looked forward to a leisurely life together, a life ensconced in our beloved rep. Again, Lester Van Waters sentenced to 100 years with 20 suspended for accountability to deliberate homicide of Sherry Arnold. One final sentencing in this case is still forthcoming. That is for Michael Spell. No court date for Spell has yet been set. For Mark's Group Broadcasting, this is Emily Boyles.